Welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. You know, over the last uh, number of programs, we've been studying the book of Daniel. And just as an aside, if you've missed any of the previous programs, they're all available at our website, l4ltv.com, or on our YouTube channel. Just search Lessons for Living Television on YouTube, and you'll find them. Now, I think one of the things that we've noticed in the book of Daniel is that it's uh, an apocalyptic book. In fact, the book is divided equally between history and prophecy. It's not a complete history of Babylon or of the captive Jews. It only touches on those parts that affected the people of God. Now, this is a pattern followed, well, by the whole Bible. You see, the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, well, they cover the creation of the world, the fall of man, the destruction of the world by flood. Then the record touches the development of philosophies, such as that which led to the building of the Tower of Babel, which then led men far away from God. Chapters 12 through 28 of Genesis, well, they trace the history of Abraham and Isaac. And the last 22 chapters give the history of Jacob and his family, well, especially the life of Joseph. Secular history usually is not presented in this way. While there is much history in the Bible, the purpose of the Bible is to reveal the gospel of salvation to you and I. God's purpose was to carry true religion to the entire world, and God used not only the faithful witness of His people, but even the scattering of Israel and Judah. And Gentile nations overran Palestine during the 6th and 7th centuries B.C. Assyria taking Israel into captivity and Babylon overthrowing Judah. And we could look at that and wonder, could anything good come out of such conquests? But wherever Israel and Judah were scattered, they carried with them some knowledge of that true God. Now, in the first three chapters of Daniel, we saw King Nebuchadnezzar portrayed as a conqueror and as a builder. But as we come to the fourth chapter, we now find him a converted servant of the Most High God. More is recorded in sacred history about this man, perhaps than any other Gentile ruler. You know, in chapter 3, if you recall, we saw Nebuchadnezzar defying the God of heaven. But now, well, the monarch's words have changed. Let's go to Daniel chapter 4 and let's begin here at verse 1. And we read, Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house, 
and flourishing in my palace. I was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. That's not just a mere figure of speech. You see, Nebuchadnezzar's conquests were at an end. The empire was consolidated. The city of Babylon was adorned with these magnificent palaces. Nebuchadnezzar had created one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the hanging gardens that had been built in his wife's honor. The city contained some 53 temples and 955 smaller sanctuaries and 384 altars. Nebuchadnezzar's last campaign against Egypt had ended his military career. And so in Daniel 4, verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar says there, I was at ease. I was no longer, you know, heading armies into battle. No, I'm no longer building beautiful palaces. All of his building days, his developing days were over. But now here comes the story. You see, the king, it says, had another impressive dream. Let's read about it beginning in verse 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, the viners came in and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally, Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen along with this interpretation. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and it was in food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven, and he shouted out and spoke as followed, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field. And let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision 
is a command of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and it bestows on whom he wishes and sets over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its interpretations inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Well, the king had a very impressive dream, and before the dream left him, it was troubling to him. Calling the magicians, he related the dream to them, but again, he was disappointed by them. He then calls Daniel, and his attitude towards Daniel is quite interesting because he calls him a master of the magicians. And he says that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, Daniel. So in the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he sees this immense tree that seemed to reach to the end of the earth. And under its branches, the beasts of the field and the fowl of heaven found shelter. But then he heard a voice saying, chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Now, what was the purpose of that declaration? Well, when Daniel heard the dream, he too was troubled. A whole hour had passed in silence. While the king was concerned, Daniel was even more concerned. You see, during the two or three decades working together, these two men, the king and Daniel, his prime minister, they had become close associates. They'd become friends. In verse 19, the king speaks. Belshazzar, don't let the dream and its interpretation alarm you. Well, by this time, Daniel had developed a real affection for Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel now had a combination of good news and bad news to tell him. You see, the good news was really good. Uh, but the bad news, well, that was pretty awful. The tree that you saw that grew large and strong, whose top reached to the sky and which could be seen in all the land, whose foliage was attractive and its fruit plentiful, and from which there was food available for all, under whose branches wild animals used to live, and in whose branches birds of the sky used to nest, it is you, O king, for you have become great and strong. Your greatness is such that it reaches to heaven, and your authority to the ends of the earth." As for the king seeing a holy sentinel coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its root in the ground with a band of iron and bronze around it, surrounded by the grass of the field, let it become damp with the dew of the sky and let it live with the wild animals until seven periods of time go by for him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is the decision of the Most High that this has happened to my Lord the King. You will be driven from human society and you will live with the wild animals. You will be fed grass like oxen and you will become damp with the dew of the sky. Seven periods of time will pass by for you before you understand that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms 
and gives them to whoever he wishes. It's not easy to give this kind of bad news to this proud, autocratic ruler. I believe Daniel loved Nebuchadnezzar and had been praying for him, maybe for many years, that some way this great general, this great builder, this outstanding leader of men would come to know that the God of heaven rules. Think about it. What a different world this world would be if the rulers of this world recognized that in spite of their greatness, in spite of their power, their prestige, a greater power is still in charge. The everlasting God, he rules heaven and earth. Now, Daniel the prophet, well, he becomes Daniel the evangelist. Look down to verse 27. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away from your sins by doing what is right and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps your prosperity will be prolonged. Daniel is saying, repent, Nebuchadnezzar. Repent before it's too late. Maybe, maybe God will change his mind. Verses 28 and 29 are quite revealing. Nebuchadnezzar did nothing. A week went by, then a month, then six months, then a year. And perhaps by this point, Nebuchadnezzar had forgotten the dream. But then... Verse 29 tells us something. After 12 months, he happened to be walking around on the battlements of the royal palace of Babylon. The king uttered these words, Is this not the great Babylon that I have built for a royal residence by my own mighty strength and for my majestic honor? While these words are still on the lips of the king, a voice comes down from heaven. It is hereby announced to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, that your kingdom has been removed from you. Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the roof of the royal palace one day, bragging about his accomplishments. And it's true, he had a lot to brag about. But at the very moment that he's bragging to himself, boom, God's mighty axe slammed into his tree. Suddenly, his mental ability was taken away from him, and he lived like an animal there in the forest for seven years. His hair grew like the feathers of an eagle, and his nails like the claws of a bird. You know, every so often, I, I meet a self-made person who is just a little bit too smart, a little bit too powerful to have learned from any considerations and to think anything about God. You see, sometimes I come across people who they really, they see no need for God. But do you know something? If God removes our mental ability, which is a sheer gift from him, even for five minutes, we couldn't even find our way to work. King Nebuchadnezzar had a turnaround and it comes in verse 34. But at the end of the appointed time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up toward heaven and my sanity returned to me. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven for all his deeds are right and his ways are just. He is able to bring down those who live in pride. King Nebuchadnezzar was changed. Now, 
let me just share with you very briefly four life-changing lessons that this story teaches me. First, our human ego must surrender before Christ can rule. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar had to live like an animal for seven years before his ego would finally surrender, run up a white flag. You see, the essence of sin is wanting to be managing director of your own life rather than letting God be in charge. The most significant question you can ask yourself is, who was really in charge here? 1 Peter 5.5 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Second, some people have to be flat on their backs before they'll ever look up. We know this is true for many alcoholics, but it's also the case for many of us non-alcoholic sinners. Nebuchadnezzar, he had to be reduced to animal status before he would look up and see God as his sovereign Lord. You know, I've heard people ask pitifully, oh, why did God allow such a terrible, horrible thing to happen to me? Well, maybe. Maybe that was the only way that God could humble us enough to have us turn our eyes in His direction. What will it take to humble us enough to make us look up and let God be God for us? Lesson number three, when you turn to God, He will respond. God restored Nebuchadnezzar to sanity and to his exalted place as king. Jesus himself promised, John 6, 37, they that come to me, I will in no way reject. Our Lord receives us with open arms. In fact, anyone who comes humbly to him, he will receive. Fourth lesson, if Christ has changed your life, tell somebody. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we're commanded, but set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. So have you ever told someone what Christ has done or what Christ is doing in your life right now? Have you ever heard about the book entitled Halftime by Bob Buford? That book has touched a lot of middle-aged folks at a very deep level. You know, Buford in the book says that many people spend the first half of their lives climbing ladders of success only to find at the end, well, that the ladder was leaning against the wrong building. In other words, he says that the success did not fulfill or satisfy, that at halftime or between the ages of 40 and 50, they decide that they need to make a change. They determine that from now on, they will work for significance rather than work for success. Well, isn't that exactly what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? After he had humbled himself before the Almighty God, he was now ready to serve. And who are you serving in your life? Maybe it's time for you to change. Let us pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for the lessons of Scripture. We thank you for the story of Nebuchadnezzar being humble to the point of living like an animal before he would turn his eyes upon God. Father, I pray that each and every person within the reach of my voice will acknowledge you as sovereign Lord of their life. Accept us, love us, guide us, and protect us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you're enjoying our series here on the book of Daniel and, um, and let your friends know. Uh, we've come to the part in our program where we always like to offer a gift. We believe strongly that, uh, you know, there are resources available that can help you in your spiritual journey and that we do well when we saturate our minds with things of scripture. And to help you, we always like to provide you with some resources for your spiritual library. And today... I have this very little book here. It's, uh, it's, uh, don't, don't judge it by its size or by its cover. Uh, it's called God is Listening. And, um, you know, if you're crying out to God today, maybe you're going through a tough situation in your life, that you need to know that, that God is always listening. That God will never, ever abandon you. Um, and this little book is going to help you get there. I'd love to send this book to you free of charge. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you'd like to receive this book for yourself or maybe to pass on to a friend or a loved one, then why not just follow the instructions that you're about to hear on the screen. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030 Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-972. 0337 1-800-972-0337 While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another program. I want to thank you for joining us. We appreciate you tuning in every week and we would like you to Invite your friends and your family to watch also. If you've, if you've missed any of the programs or you're unable to watch the program uh, when it comes on in your uh, neck of the woods there, you can always go to our website, l4ltv.com. Uh, all of the programs are there. The most recent program will be featured on the page that says previous programs. But if you just look underneath that, you, we have all of the programs from all of our previous seasons. They're all, they're all there and you can go back and re-watch them. You can send them to friends and family. So they're all there. Uh, there's another tab on the um, website, l4ltv.com, that is live appearances. And you'll find out where I'll be appearing live. If I'm in and around Toronto, I'll be at my church, which is the Harmony Adventist Church at 89 Center Avenue. And uh, I'm there most Saturdays. We have Bible study starting at 10 o'clock. 
And then at 11.30, we have our worship service. We're not a huge congregation. We're a small congregation, but we're a loving congregation. And we like to study God's Word. And so if that excites you and you really want to find a group that is accepting of everyone, but is also focused on learning God's will through the study of God's Word, then you're going to want to be there uh, Saturday mornings with us. Just check out the live appearances tab and you'll see when I'm actually there. Also on the website, towards the end on the top there, there's the Donate Today tab where you can make a donation to help keep this ministry on the air. All of the money that is donated there goes directly to paying for airtime and studio time and post-production. Not a penny that is donated comes to pay me, my salary, or any of my sort of living expenses. Those come from a different source. And don't worry about it. They go directly to the ministry. And so you can be investing in this uh, ministry. Now, one of the things you can do if you go on the website today and you make a donation of a minimum of $10, I have these five Signs of the Times magazines. They're, they're, they're great little resources. Great for sharing. One is on the great controversy, the benefits of belief, when life is unfair, our amazing universe, and the end of the world. If you make a donation today on the website, of a minimum of $10, just as a token of appreciation, I'm gonna send you these five magazines. So when you go on the Donate Today tab, just under the notes, say, just write Signs of the Times donation, Signs of the Times donation, and we'll know that that donation is specifically to receive this little thank you gift of these five magazines that you can then share with friends and family or, you know, or with your neighbors, a great little resource. Also, want you to follow us on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every day we put up a short video clip with a thought for the day. You can get that and you can also share it with your friends, Santos underscore Bill. You can follow me on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. You can visit our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This time, every, every time we put something new on the YouTube channel, you're gonna be informed. Visit our Facebook page, like us, facebook.com slash L4L television. And then you will also be updated as to what's happening on our Facebook page. There's another component to our ministry, which is the humanitarian work that we do overseas. That part of our organization is called Mission Now Canada. Um, we go around the world, Asia, South America, and provide free medical, free dental care, we work on some building projects in the community, all completely free of charge to those folks that we, that, that we go to serve. We do this because we believe as Christians, we have an obligation to share with others in a very practical way the love of God. You know, maybe if we as Christians spent more time doing that and less time preaching, maybe we'd have a more profound effect on our, on our community. So the missionnowcanada.com all run by volunteers. These are all volunteers that come together and join as a group and go overseas. You're going to be able to see on the website the mission trips that we've already gone on and the ones that are coming up. And there's a countdown to let you know how many weeks before that. Sign up on the webpage and you'll be part of our mailing list. And then we can keep you up to speed as we move towards the next mission trip. Wow, there's a lot of stuff going on. But we're, uh, we're running out of time. And so I have to 
thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate all your prayers. If you have a special prayer request, you can send it to me directly at my email at bill at l4ltv.com. They're doing this to me. I think it means I'm supposed to end. So we're going to say goodbye. See you next time. God bless you.